Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Svedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I'm so excited to have you with us here this afternoon, along with our special guest, Lisa Alexander, of the website www.thiswomanknows.com. And what does she know about a whole bunch of stuff she's here to share with us today? Leadership training on collaboration, how to collaborate in business, ministry, and life. And during this hour... You are in for a treat. You're going to come away understanding different ways that individuals, ministries, and businesses use collaboration to reach heights that they would have only dreamt of independently, why another business or ministry could hold the key to your success and how to decide if collaboration is right for you, how to choose the right collaboration partners and when you must say no, how to keep egos in check during collaborative efforts, what to do when a project goes bad, when you might need a lawyer, and what to do before you enter into any joint venture projects. Now, Lisa is known as the marketing stylist, and she's a speaker, marketing consultant, and author who's collaborated with many different people over many years. She and her husband of over 20 years have served in ministry as senior pastors and music ministers. And again, you can find out more about her at thiswomanknows.com. Welcome to you, Lisa. Thank you so much, Marnie, for having me. Well, I am just excited to spend this hour just picking your brain because you have been involved in a lot of collaborative efforts. And honestly, collaboration is one of the most powerful gifts that God has given us. And yet possibly the most underused because at some point early on in a collaborative effort, most of us get burned. And we just like don't like to go back there because we don't know how to do it without um, maybe jeopardizing something that we really have our our sights set on. So I'm excited about this hour with you to talk about collaboration in business, ministry, and life. And maybe just start, Lisa, by one of the things that you do is you are a marketing stylist. And what does that actually mean? I'm a marketing consultant, and so um, I help companies, small businesses, even some ministries. Let's put it this way. I help you go out into the public without that proverbial spinach in your teeth. So I make sure that your brand is right, Uh your marketing materials are right, that it all is speaking to your audience. So I help you connect with your audience and make sure you look good doing it. Mm, Oh, that's awesome. And, of Mm -hmm. course, anybody that is trying to get in front of a a different audience or a larger audience or whatever understands that that also is a collaboration. Whenever we're working with somebody else, that's really what it is. So um, let's talk about some of the different ways that people can use collaboration. And, you know, you started off here with the first point saying that collaboration is a way to reach heights that you could never get to without collaboration. So let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. There, um, well, over the summer last year, I did a survey of sorts and I just asked women in particular, you know, how they felt about collaboration. Um, would they ever do it again? Because I, like you, when you were saying in the intro, I've, I've met women who said they will never collaborate with another woman ever again in life. There is just no way. It went so wrong so quickly they weren't they were they just were not going to do it again. And so I wanted to find out if this was normal, if this was typical for a lot of women business owners and women in ministry, did they all have those some same kinds of experiences? And what I found out was that those people who had nightmare experiences were so small in number and most women walked away with these really wonderful collaborative collaborative um projects that worked really well. So one young lady in particular, um, she is in PR. And so what she and some other PR agencies did, because what you have to understand is that everybody does something different. I I have a different service or a different level of expertise, and we may be in the same industry. And so you don't have to be scared of people in your same industry. 
You really don't because they have a, they may have a different service. They may do it differently. And so what they did is they pulled their resources together and went after this huge contract. I think it was a state contract. So they pulled together and got this contract. None of them would have gotten it alone if they had went after it by themselves. But because they pulled their resources together, they were able to get this huge contract, you know, and, and, and bump up their their sales revenue for the year for all of them. So that's what I mean when I say that you know, you can reach goals that you could only dreamed of, you know, that you could do by yourself. And it's like you can do so much more when you partner with the right people. Now, Lisa, it's making me think of all that, you know, as soon as a person gets pregnant, uh, a lady gets pregnant, then she hears all the horror stories of delivery, right? Yes. But most women, but most women actually have a fairly decent delivery experience. You know, I mean, no, it's not fun, but I mean, most women don't nearly die or, you know, uh, right. complications. But what do you hear about? As soon as you get pregnant, you hear about all the horror stories. And I wonder if that's kind of happened to people in collaboration. I think that's a very good analogy because because they were so painful and just so over the top, you know, that they're very vocal. And right. then you don't really hear about the experiences that really well. They're, they've cashed their check and gone on to the next project. You know, so they're not you know, on to the next project. Interesting. But, you know, if you're kind of stuck, yes. Uh, that's very interesting. So in what ways do people actually use collaboration? Let's just kind of out loud brainstorm some different ways for somebody who's not familiar with collaboration. Well, I, you mentioned the one that was a business collaboration where they were able to get a larger contract than they could have on their own. What are some other ways? So, of course, you have businesses that can collaborate, and they don't have to be very big ventures either. They're also called joint ventures, so they don't have to be very big. So um, there's a young lady that I know, she um, was a part of a ministry, and she just had some wonderful things to say about how her particular ministry, was able, they were able to collaborate with other ministries, which sometimes is very rare, but they were able to collaborate with other ministries and with community partners and were able to meet a need in the community. And I applaud them for that. So there was, you know, none of this fear that somebody might steal my members. You know, there was none of that. There was, we're working together, here's a need, we're going to pull together, and they did something very good for the community. There's another young lady who um, responded back to me, and she said that, you know, they did have uh, a similar event, you know, it was a, uh, they called it a community block party. So they were giving away, you know, food donations and just a huge block party, you know, helping people in their community. And they came together. The media came out because this was a joint effort. It was, you know, a lot of churches in the area came together to put this block party on. Uh, the police department got involved. The fire department was there. You had community leaders. Just this really huge event something one church could not have done in and of itself, or maybe they could have, you know, it just really depends. But they got all of this together, put on this wonderful event. The media came, which is very good when you can get the media to come to your event. So when they wanted to do it again the next year, several churches said, we're not interested. We're going to do it on our own this year, which was really heartbreaking because on their own, right. I don't think that – they got that same kind of response from the community and from the media because it was just a solo entity acting on their own. But when it was a group of churches that got together, oh, the media was very interested. Well, and, okay, so why, you know, from my perspective, why would the media be interested in a bunch of churches getting together? Because, honestly, their perspective of churches <laughs> is more like what you said happened. <laughs> People, churches yes. don't really want to work together. And so when a bunch of churches actually get together and get along, wow, does that yes. look like Jesus? That's really attractive to the world. That's it's very appealing. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. really tragic. Isn't that tragic? Uh, that is tragic. But that yes. is. Yes. That, that's <laughs> oh my goodness. the reality, but yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think so about. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, I think about some gals up here who put on a. It's a county-wide women's event that goes on, I think, every other year. And um, they pull in, like, we are just really remote, and they pull in, like, 800 women to this thing from all over. People drive for a couple hours, stay overnight. Um, sometimes you think of, like, women of faith. Um, you know, Jennifer Rothschild, whenever she goes into a city, it's like 
eight or 12 churches that get together to bring her. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of this collaboration stuff going on around mm-hmm. us. And like what types of heights can you go to with a collaborator that you couldn't do on your own? Let's one, getting the media attention. That's huge and because that does so much for, I'll call it your brand, because then you're authentic. You're you're authenticated by the media, which call it social proof. Sometimes you do need that. That's just I'm being very realistic. You just need that. Um, so you have the proof of the media, you know, validated by them. That's a good thing. And some and and again, alone, you may or may not get that. So. I believe there's a safety and multitude of counselors, you know, um, sometimes, you know, there is strength in numbers. Um, and when you collaborate on a project, then yes, you can, especially in, in when you start talking about business, then you can talk, but here's the truth. Right now we know that America, in, in America, of all the women-owned businesses, only 70% of all female-owned businesses make $25,000 or less a year. That's it. 70% of all women-owned businesses just clear $25,000 a year. Now, if that's if you're just doing something supplementally and that's all you want to make, beautiful. But if you want more, then you have to start looking at ways, how can I grow my business? How can I, you know, cross this threshold and, you know, surpass this $25,000 mark and make more for my family, you know, leave legacy, you know, whatever your plans or your intentions or your goals are, how do I do that? And it's very much so it's tied up into another woman or another ministry. And so, again, going back to that example of those PR firms who separately, they had clients. You know, I don't know how much their annual revenues were, but they had clients and they were servicing those clients. But because they pulled together all their resources and all their talents and their strengths, they were able to go after this huge contract that was definitely worth more than $25,000. And so if you want to, I have a hashtag that says crush 25K. So when we're having conversations about, okay, you know, what can we do to, crush, you know, this $25,000 ceiling and how do I get more and how do I move forward and, you know, I want to be a greater blessing or, you know, with all with all those things. And it was like it usually is tied into some collaborative effort that can push you over that edge. This is Marnie Swarberg. We're visiting today with Lisa Alexander of thiswomanknows.com. We're going to come right back and talk about why another business or ministry might hold the key to your success and also how to choose the right collaboration partners, and when you must say no, we'll be right back. Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian Women's Events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or Type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Hey, welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Lisa Alexander of thiswomanknows.com. On the subject of collaboration, and we are talking right now, Lisa, about um, why another business or ministry might hold the key to your success and how to decide if it's correct for you or collaboration is right um, for you, if you should go forward by yourself or bring in some partners. So maybe address that one. What I know, I've um, had a chance to work with ministries who were very, they were independent churches and who didn't see the value in building relationships with 
other ministries or just reaching out in the community, you know, just very much so very isolated to themselves. Um, And I've seen those ministries crumble. You really do need to reach out outside of yourself and reach out to another individual, you know, because here's here's what happened. There were some hospitals. um, Usually hospitals can kind of be competitive with one another. Um, And so these two hospitals, what they decided to do was to collaborate on a project they wanted to find out what the best practices were to help, you know, a certain segment of the community and how they could better serve. And so they collaborated together to find out best practices. And so when ministries or when businesses decide to collaborate, we want to find out best practices. And so that's when uh, several churches in a community, they say, okay, we want, we, you know, we want to have a better food pantry. So let's collaborate, let's get together and let's bring in, whatever the major food pantry um, uh, service center is in your city, and let's go and let's talk and let's find out the best way to do this and what are some best practices and how can we be more efficient. Let's, let's do this together so that we can better serve our community. I remember going to a, a workshop, and there was a young lady. She was doing a presentation on faith-based funds and how nonprofit organizations can, you know, there's all this faith-based money available, and here's how you can get it. Here's what you can do. She recommended. There's a room full of people. Everybody has their churches there. There are nonprofits there. You know, we're in a small community, and she says, Okay, so here's here's where a big chunk of nonprofit faith-based money is, and if you guys pull your resources together, doesn't matter whose name is at the top of the list, but if you all work together, you can get this piece of faith-based money for this. If you do if you do X, Y, and Z, you would have thought that they she had told them to sacrifice their firstborn child. I mean, just the expression on their face of actually working together to get this grant, it was unthinkable. And so they didn't, of course, they didn't get the money. They didn't go after the project, and a need didn't get met. And so collaboration really can help. I mean, you can certainly surpass whatever vision you thought you had or, you know, that God has given and really bless a community, bless a people, if you're willing to come together. But then you have to be like-minded. You have to be have the same kind of focus. You know, can't be so self-serving. It really is, you know, whatever that mission or goal is, everybody's committed to that mission or goal. So that's how if you come together, you can really do, you can do more by pulling your resources together. So that's even if it's ministry to community partner or ministry to ministry. So it can be if it is a single church and they are collaborating with the food pantry to better serve their own community, then that's a collaborative project, and it, and everybody wins. So collaborative projects, it has to be a win-win for everybody, and I think that's where we get in trouble and collaborations go bad is when it's not a win-win for everybody. To that, there are times when collaboration isn't the direct isn't the answer. So if you were to imagine um, someone just having a flat tire next to the road, and an individual who knew how to change a flat tire would be enough. Um, but now, if you have a car accident and there's somebody trapped in a car, and maybe that one of the vehicles is on fire, now we need a fire department, and we need the jaws of life, mm-hmm. and we need an ambulance, and we need the hospital crew, and you know, I mean, you've got you've got different scenarios, and as soon as you realize that this is too big of a job for one person or for one ministry or business, that's when to look for the collaborators is at the moment that you realize this has become bigger than me. This has become bigger than us. And then you look for the collaborators. So what are some, um, what are some hints that maybe, you know, and like what I do, and maybe let's just talk about you and I for a minute, Lisa. When I'm looking for collaborators, I am looking for people who, you, like you mentioned, are like-minded. They have the same mm-hmm. goal as me, and they have the same um, basic 
um, what I would call worldview, that they're coming at it from the same direction. So we might mm-hmm. both want to, let's say, um, get a project done that's going to be, you know, a certain amount of money or whatever. But if that other person just wants to cheat their way to it and I want to do it from a biblical perspective, that's still not going to work even though we share the same goal. So there has to be more than just the same goal. It has to be the same worldview, uh, the same uh, approach yes. to doing it, not necessarily the same style but definitely the same. Um, what am I looking for? The word there is character qualities or, um, mm-hmm. you know, basic, you know, basic rules of living. You want to have those in common. When when you've got somebody who has those two things in common, what are some red flags that still may come up? Even if you have the same goal and you have the same paradigm, what are some other red flags that will come up that you would say, don't go forward with this particular one? For me, it's always uh, – the, the first thing for me is internal. If I get a red flag internally, then all bets are off. And here's what I've learned, that we don't have to explain the red flag that we get. We, we don't have to <laughs> I explain like that. it. We just have to acknowledge yeah. it. It's like I see the red flag. I don't have an explanation. I cannot tell you why right now I cannot do this with you. You know, that's how it's like at this time, this isn't going to be a good a good move for me. You honor whatever that, that, that check you got that said, no, red flag, you don't have to explain it. You just need to honor it and say, I got a red flag on this one and we're not going to proceed. And so I, I'm so grateful that I get those. And it's like I don't have to, it's a beautiful thing, I don't have to explain it. It's like I, I can't give you a reason. I, I, my no can just be no. It's like not a good time for me right now. Yeah, I and, and I that, really feel good. like you guys, you guys listening, if you get nothing else from today and you take this one away, that it's okay for you to say no and walk away without a rock-solid reason for walking away. I mean, yeah. I think the Holy Spirit is like the wind. <laughs> you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's just gentle and he does whisper to us and sometimes it's just a pause. That's all we feel in our spirit is just a pause and it's just like, okay, I don't have, peace about going forward with this it's not that maybe not even that you have a lack of peace you just you just know you don't have peace that's enough then yes. then wait don't do it yeah i love uh, that yes. yeah. yeah and what so are that, some other red flags be, that may be more obvious more obvious red flags are going to be let's look for do a google search if this is someone that you may not be real familiar with there's lots of good stuff on Google. You can find out things um, by their blogs. I you I you can really find out a person's heart by their writings. You know, if they're if they're blogging, if they're writing, you definitely want to you want to read up and see what this person is about. You want to definitely check referrals. Ask for a referral if you're getting ready to um, enter into a really lengthy or very complicated joint venture. You definitely want to talk to some other people. About I, uh, you know their yeah. character. Yeah, I have a I have a story. Several years ago, I was doing a search for one of the speakers at WomenSpeakers dot com, which is the site that I host, and a um a, and her name came up on the on the Google search, and I was down the ways and and it was it was odd to me, and it was exactly the information that she had posted at my site. So I went through to the link to this other site, and sure enough, it was exactly the information, not just her information, but hundreds of speakers of information exactly what was on my site. And so I contacted, and it took a while to find the owner of that site because, of course, it's buried down under, you know, multiple layers. Yes. So when I finally yes. got down to the, the woman who owned this site, she told me that the people who created the site for her had sold her the concept that they would be able to, you know, fill this with legitimate speakers right away and make it very large and and very uh, big right away. And what they did is they just stole, they just basically stole the information, which you can't do because you need people's permission for stuff like that. Anyway, anyway, what was sad was that she had just trusted them to um, build this site. And this is the kind of story we hear about. But there's a phrase that we use, that's called due diligence, <laughs> D-U-E, due yes. diligence. And, yes. and it's really just doing the basics. If you are going to, um, you know, let, let someone into your life in a close way, you would want to know, do they have 
police record? Do they, you know, how are they here with money? And with different collaborations, you don't have to go so deep, but it is important to go into the things that make sense, to do the due diligence, and that's kind of what you're talking about here. I've even found with outsourcers, just check their Facebook page um, because it's it's a way to identify whether somebody is lewd and crude or whether they're very, you know, um, God honoring, you know, I mean, a lot of things show up very quickly, like you say, in an internet search or different yeah. things like that. Anything else that you're thinking of right now as it relates to maybe saying no to somebody? Well, if you do, let's say you do find something that's questionable, that shouldn't in and of itself be enough to be a deal breaker. Do Do give them a call and say, I found this. You know, don't be afraid to have those kinds of conversations. It's like, look, I found this. You know, can you explain this? And, you know, what, what's the background behind that? So you can definitely do that as a part of your due diligence. Another thing that you want to do when you're doing your due diligence is, again, you want to ask for referrals because if those referrals come back, you know, again, those can check uh, trigger more red flags. It's like, no, I wouldn't do it. You know, if 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 they can't, you know, honestly tell you that. No, well, let me preface that. Sometimes you will do work with people who are just adamant on being horrible clients. That's their sole purpose in life is to really just make your life miserable as a business owner. Those people do exist, and you know, no matter how you can try to appease them and give them, you know, quality work, you know, they just still have a vendetta out for whatever reason. I understand that, that those things happen. Um, but then if, you know, if you contact enough people and, you know, everybody has the same story, you know, everybody has the same witness, then that's going to be kind of questionable. You may not want to pursue that any further. But definitely mm-hmm. a part of your due diligence is like ask, ask around, ask for references. I really like something that you said just a little bit ago. You said that if you find some, I'm going to call it dirt, if you find something on them that is a big red flag for you, the best thing to do and the thing that the Bible tells us to do is go straight to the person and say, this is what I found. And then it gives, honestly, um, with my staff, if I ever hear a bad word about somebody, I go directly to the employer, to the staffer, and I just say, this is what I've heard. And then they have the opportunity to answer that attack or whatever it is. And it's amazing, Lisa, how many times they have a legitimate reason for something yes. that looked bad, that they were yes. doing it because of, and the reason they give me, it's like, wow, you made a great judgment call. That wasn't our normal response, but that was a, that wonderful, was a wonderful way to handle that situation. You know, and when we are when we are doing it God's way, we give God the opportunity to let that person clear their name and to go forward yeah. with it, even if it looked black at the beginning. I love that advice. Mm-hmm. 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 I highly recommend it. You, and I know that sometimes we don't like to, and sometimes. You know, women, we all don't like to be confrontational is the word I use, but it's part of communication and it's a part of due diligence. And I look at it this way. If God has entrusted something to me, then I better make real sure that I do my part and follow up and do the due diligence because at the end of the day, it's going to be on me. Did did I do what I was supposed to do? Did I honor God and do um, all the all the things that I was supposed to do, or did I, you know, just kind of like back off? Well, because that over there, I didn't really, you know, I didn't I didn't want to ruffle any feathers, and it's like, no, we'll have to ruffle a few feathers because I still have the responsibility <laughs> really, okay. to get done what I need to get done. Yeah, Love I, you. and I think too, right? Right, and I think too. The other thing is, you can tell a lot about a person's character by how they respond. When you say, you know, I, I read this online on your blog and it really bothered my heart. Can you talk to me about that? If they right away are real defensive with you, uh, okay, just know this is their this yeah. is their usual mode of operandi. Now, of course, how you bring it up is going to, you know, do that or not mm-hmm. a little bit too. But yet a gracious person, when put on the, you know, chopping block, a gracious person is going to let God defend them. 
And uh, yes. whereas someone who's very self-motivated is going to jump to their own defense and cram it back at you, like, why were you looking it up? You know, <laughs> like it's your fault. <laughs> you know, and you really oh, don't oh, want to be a partner yeah. with that person. Yeah? No, not at all. Run. I, I will tell you, go run. Just run in the other direction. Just run. Save yourself and run. Yes. Save yourself and run. This is Marnie Weber. We're visiting today with Lisa Alexander of thiswomanknows.com. We're going to come right back and talk about how to keep those egos in check during collaborative efforts, and that's so important. We'll be right back. What's your next step? Are you tired of scouring the Internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more, all available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Hey, welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're talking today about collaboration. We're having a good time with our guest, Lisa Alexander, and getting some inside tips as to how to do it right if you're going to do it at all, and we encourage you to do it as often as it makes sense. So right now, Lisa, let's go ahead and dive into the ego aspect of collaboration. Mm-hmm. And what, first of all, maybe define for us what you perceive as ego. What is it? For, for In collaborative projects, for me, the, pers- the, the, the ego is the controlling, domineering personality that refuses to hear or um, be about the teamwork and let's working as a team and everybody work in their strengths. So this is the person that just wants, they used to call it back at the home, to have a takeover spirit. And I think that's uh-huh. very key. <laughs> just want to take, you know, if the media's coming, they're the one in front of the media. If there's a decision to be made, they're going to make it as though you don't even exist. So that's what I'm going to call an ego trip uh-huh. when you're working with a collaboration. Yeah, I, I think of, I think of, I think of the ego in a in a negative sense like this, as as the um, I know it all type of a mm-hmm. mindset that comes in, and yeah, I'm going to play. I'm going to play on the same team as you, but don't expect me to play beside you. I'm going to play over you every time. And, uh, and that's that. really yes. a tough, a tough go in a collaborative effort. Um, I think in the Bible, and some people have done, you know, a lot of study on this, you know, that Jezebel spirit where it's somebody mm. that's just going to come in and you've got a good plan going, but they're going to come in and they're going to just muck it up with self. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So that, that's, I think that's a very good definition for ego. And so um, how, how do you deal with that in a collaborative project? One, I'm going to hope that you did the homework ahead of time and did, you, and did your due diligence. But if you find yourself, oh, in this kind of situation, then it, what you're going to have to do is just really what they say, put on your big girl panties, and we're going to have to have some tough conversations. Um, we're going to have to go back to, and hopefully you've you've done this, because to keep an, an ego in check, and it's like you always have to go back to the win-win, and you have to go back to what is the mission. And so if you've got somebody like that, if you're dealing like with that Jezebel kind of spirit and just, just really just take over and I have to do everything and I'm always right and it's my way or no way, you you, you always have the option of backing out. You always have that option. If you have, um, and I know we'll get into uh, when it's time to talk to a lawyer, but it's like always leave yourself an exit clause. It's like this really isn't working. This is not at all how I um, envision. This is not turning out to be a win-win. Um, in the survey that I did, there was one woman who said, oh my God, the woman that I dealt with was so overbearing. It was just a horrible experience and she couldn't wait for it to, to, to be over. So for her, she couldn't back out, had to see it through. And then she said she needed a breather after that whole experience because it just really drained her working with someone who's just that domineering and wants to do everything, take credit for everything. And so I would say that I would say if you're in a position like that, then one, you didn't really honor the check that you got because I believe Holy Spirit speaks and will give you a check, will give you a red flag, tap on the shoulder, and then 
for some reason, we always like to call it into question as if Holy Spirit has some, at, a, at some point ever been wrong, but we, we question him like he has, <laughs> but he's just never been wrong. But, we, you know, we want to interrogate him, but what about this? But I think, I think, I think, and it's like, okay, go right ahead if you want to. So we really do have to, I think if we honor that check, because he does speak. You I know, and I think, it, I think of, this really kind of, yeah. It kind of dovetails into the next point, too, what to do when a project goes bad. So you've got this person who's taken over or something else about the project is, is just going really poorly. And, you know, there could, be, there could be multiple, like probably thousands of possibilities of why that might be. But one of mm-hmm. the main possibilities is that you honestly did listen to the Holy Spirit. He honestly did bring you here, and this is just. A test. This is a test yes. of your faithfulness, your tenacity, your love, your dependence on the Holy Spirit, and how you perform here is just a test to show, you know, how is that fruit really growing? <laughs> and, you know, we don't like that. We don't like to be tested. Yes. You know, we don't like to have people, you know, squish our grapes or, you know, feel our fruit to see how ripe it is. Um, you yes. know, we like people to believe <laughs> that it's, it's hanging there looking pretty, so just don't don't mess with me. But honestly, a lot of the times when things get tough, it's really God who led us there and God who will carry us through if we'll just let him do it through us. Yeah. Um, so, like, what are some specific some specific things to do besides, the of course, entrust yourself to God always? Um, then what do you do specifically when a project goes bad? What you want to do is call a meeting. They call it a coming to Jesus meeting. So you need to find out. Um, you, you you have this meeting, and you truly have to communicate what the issues are. Where did we go off track? What's the problem? How do we solve it? Because at this point, you have a end user or um, a client that needs to be served, and if it looks like that's not going to happen or things have gone horribly off track, then we need to find out where and we need to come up with a solution. So there can be no egos because what we have to remember in collaborative projects is like there is a product, there is a client, there is someone who's being served by us coming together. So if there's a problem, then we need to find the solution to the problem. We need, and if that means okay, we're going to ask you to leave because it's just not working out and we have to punt, as they say, and find someone else, bring someone else in. You do whatever you have to do in order to serve the needs of that client to make sure that that project keeps moving forward and that you honor your agreement and provide X, Y, and Z at such and such time. Or, you know, you have this event at such and such time and it's going to do, you know, this for the community. So you really have to use all your communication skills. You know, you can Google them if you uh, don't know what they are or how to, you know, effectively communicate. But you need to have those conversations. Because, and then everybody needs to be mindful of the fact that it's the it, at the end of the day, it's about the mission, it's about the purpose, it's about the goal, it's about the project. And that's really all that matters, and we have to work towards that end. So we can put aside whatever differences we may have, but we need to find a solution to this problem and move the project forward. I really like the the way that you said to keep the um, end goal as the focus, and even more than the end goal is the people that it will affect. Yeah. We made a promise together that we would deliver this. Now we have to set ourselves aside and we have to say, now that we find ourselves in this position, maybe off the track or whatever, um, how do we still get them what they need on time or within budget or whatever it is that you're trying to do there? And that's really, you know, as long as we spend all of our time focusing on the problem, we are going Mm -hmm. to stay stuck. It's when we start letting God give us creative solutions that we start moving again, that we start, you know, digging out and getting back on track. Yeah. Exactly. What are, um, like, when, when you think about the emotions that go into <laughs> a project going bad or, you know, finding yourself in a situation that you would have never signed up for. You know, you signed up with God for this project because it was going to be awesome. 
people. And yes. here you find yourself <laughs> in the midst of this nightmare. That, and, you know, I, I just like how Jeremiah in the Bible was just so honest mm-hmm. with God. He said, you lied to me. That's what he said to God. You <laughs> lied to me. Yes. And I think, you know, I've been there. I've been there when God held a carrot out in front of me and said, here's what you're going to go for. And then it's like, it's like, hey, that does not yes. look like what I was going for. You know, when you think exactly. about the emotions involved in that, how do you, how do you help somebody get through that experience um, and still come out sweet in their spirit and not, not bitter? Oh, that's a tough one because it it really will be about perspective at this point because I think I don't I don't know a Christian who has not had the right. moment where they go God I'm not talking to you right now <laughs> right I'm right I'm just not talking right now because you know things just some things just really go really really left they go so wrong they go south so fast and it's like I did not bargain for this I did not I didn't sign up for this. But then, you know, Holy Spirit is just so faithful. God is so faithful to just keep keep loving on you and keep, you know, reeling you in with his love as he does. And then you understand, you know, that here's what I know for sure, that absolutely nothing gets wasted. If you think about yeah. Jesus and, and he was, you know, feeding the multitudes and he said, gather up the fragments so that nothing be wasted. So there's even value in the uh-huh. fragments. So even when you feel fragmented or your project is fragmented, there's still something of value and nothing. You have to go into or experience life knowing that nothing gets wasted, absolutely nothing. And so Mm. that that kind of keeps you from your heart from getting bitter. That kind of keeps you from, you know, telling God it's like I'm done, you know, do whatever you want to do, you know, having that kind of mentality is that when you understand that even my hurt, even my disappointments, even projects that go really, really bad, there's still some value to that, and I can take something from this and grow and grow thereby. Absolutely. I just love how much God loves King David in the Bible, and David had a mm-hmm. lot of faults. I mean, if we look at David's life, I mean, he was a... He was a polygamist. He was um, Mm -hmm. a murderer. He, you know, I mean, he had some pretty serious problems going on in his life. But God really loved him. And every time that God ever compared uh, a king in the future after David to anybody, he'd always compare them to David. And he'd say, well, this king was really lousy, nothing like David. Or he'd say, well, this king was really pretty good, almost as good as David. And he would use David kind of as the benchmark. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, okay, why would God pick a person who was so off the track so much of the time (laughs) to use as his standard of a lover? And, And I think it's because David was always the first person that he would go to with his highs and his lows with God. He would run to him and he would say, God, I'm miserable, I'm dying, sick him, you know. I mean, he would just be so honest about his, his raw emotions. Right. But he would go to God with those honest emotions. And honestly, ladies, we usually go to some other woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is a problem in our collaborations. Mm-hmm. When, we, when we don't go to God with those raw feelings, we are setting our entire life this entire collaboration, whatever, we're setting it up for failure because the other women that you're working with, the other men you're working with, the children you're working with, whoever, God did not build them to take the kind of rage and the kind of sadness and the kind of disappointment that we experience. He alone is built yeah. to receive that. And so if we don't go to him first with the... Um, well, you know, the full flood of it. Let him have the flood of it. And then... He can speak truth into our hearts, and then we can come back to these meetings with a godly perspective and God flowing through us. And then there's some hope for these situations. But honestly, if we go to each other with those raw emotions when we're sad, when we're lost, when we're frustrated, um, we really shouldn't be surprised when other people can't handle that. Right. Very true. That's very true. Yeah, it's so critical. And even if you can bring your team to God, <laughs> bring your team. So 
So you go to God first yes. with your feelings of disappointment and helplessness. I have a phrase that I always say to God, and, and I can't always quite say it because sometimes I do break things myself. But honestly, most of the time I just mm-hmm. say this to God about a situation that's, that's um, in front of me that's painful. I say, God, I didn't break it and I can't fix it. I need you. And just that moment of humility, that moment of humility and putting it into perspective that, you know what, bottom Mm -hmm. line, he doesn't expect us to fix it. He really doesn't. He wants to flow through us as he fixes it. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's such a beautiful place to live. Well, this is Marnie Sleberger visiting today with Lisa Alexander of thiswomanknows.com. Love the name of that website, thiswomanknows.com. We're going to come right back and talk about there might be a time when a lawyer is needed or what do you do before you get into a joint venture project we will be right back womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of christian women speakers in the world featuring over 1700 women speakers from every experience level denomination and fee range some near you Visit womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. We're talking today about collaboration in business, in ministry, and in life. And our guest is Lisa Alexander of thiswomanknows.com. Lisa, there are times in a collaborative um, partnership when somebody really goes past even even something that can just be you know looked past or forgiven or moved over, and there has to be there has to be some legal action. Maybe they've stolen uh, funds. Um, when when would you say you would need to call in legal counsel? Sure, there. Um it, it uh, For me, it really depends on the size and complexity of the joint venture or the collaboration effort. I recently did a um, a webinar with another small business owner. That didn't require a lawyer. That was she and I. So, okay, we're going to do this webinar, and, you know, you'll be the speaker, and we'll share the list, and da-da-da-da-da, you know, we come up with that. That didn't require a lawyer. Whenever you're talking um, – serious amounts of money and um, projects that are very lengthy and are very complicated, you want to get something drawn up first and foremost by an attorney because then maybe you can, that's when you write your exit strategy if things go really bad. Um, That's when you can, well, I I would definitely recommend you uh, define all your roles, but you definitely want to contact an attorney if it's a complex project if it is a lengthy com, uh, project, and if there are, uh, you know, just lots of people involved or you've got some very big companies or uh, there, there are lots of people involved in the project because then things tend to get hairy. So then you really want to have have it all written out. You want it all written out, dot your I's, cross your T's, and make sure to have an attorney look at that. So one for the formation of complex projects, get an attorney. You know, it if seems to me that, that these are these are all falling kind of into one category here, a category that says there's some ownership of something involved. So if you're just putting on an event um, together and there's no owned property or things like that, probably can do mm-hmm. it on your own. But as soon as you have any property involved, is that a, is that a fair assumption? Well, even... I would still write it down. Even if I don't get an attorney, I would still write down, even with if it's um, just an event, I would still write down, here's my expectation, here's the goal, here are the expectations of each. Because, you know, as business owners or ministries, we should all have filled out a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. So we should know what our strengths are. We should know what our weaknesses are. So you bring that to the table. It's like, okay, I can do this, I can do that because these are my strengths. I'm weak here, here, and here. And, and you know, you be honest with the person that you're in a collaborative project with or venture with. And so you write all of that down, whether or not you have an attorney look at it or no for your smaller projects, for if you're just doing an event, write all of that down. But, as again, as it gets complex, 
still you're gonna you're, the attorney is gonna go through all that with you, but you definitely want to have an attorney for more complex complex and bigger projects. Write everything down regardless of the size for every project. Email. Yes, write right. it down. You, you know, and I yes. mean honestly, with even even the creation of a women's ministry in a church, even if it's just twenty or thirty ladies, you know that's what I am tell people always to do is you're going to write down, you know, the positions that are available, the goals of the group, what the funding is going to be, where it's going to come yeah. from, you know, all yeah. of these things. You, you you really never can go wrong. If you plan ahead, then you have much right. less likelihood of needing a lawyer or needing some reconciliation later. So how about right. when you're in the throat of it? When you're in the throat, okay, so then if you're in the throat of a project and – um, we need an attorney because somebody backed out. Because things happen. What if you have a business owner that suddenly takes ill or passes away? What do you do? You're going to need an attorney to kind of help you figure that out and to restructure, especially if it's a uh, a big deal, you know, financially. You know, you're partnered with somebody and you're servicing a, a client, and let's say it's a, a, a state proposal or you know, a federal government proposal and you've had this happen, so then you need an attorney to kind of come in and help you get, get everything figured out or make sure that your contract is right for some, for things of that nature. Um, if there's ever theft, you know, embezzlement, not only will you need a good attorney, you know, you may be looking at a DA and uh, things of that nature. So, uh, you, yeah, you want to look at an attorney to, to make sure that things are progressing like they should um, there's even a mediator. Let's say the thing you you can't get the project done because there. I mean, both sides are just furious and refuse to work together. So you can call in a mediator to help you work things out. But hopefully, it doesn't get to that point. You can kind of go, okay, for the sake of the project, you know, the end goal. Let's get this done. But sometimes it doesn't end well. Sometimes it just doesn't. Hmm. Well, if you come to the end of a project, Lisa, and it didn't end well, it ended, but it didn't end well, um, what, do you, what do you do? I mean, I think we've all probably been there on some scale. Oh, for me, it's like first you go sulk, and it's like, oh, why got me? Why did this happen? Oh, honestly, you go, what in the world happened here? And you want right. to do like, um, 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 who's my prophet? Ezekiel. Uh, uh, no, what's my prophet's name? His name eludes me and that makes me mad. On the prophet dealt with Jezebel and then after he had this wonderful experience on the mountaintop, then went running out. Elijah, then thank you, goes running out and is like, oh my God, what just happened? And he's hiding. And so that's Mm -hmm. why we have these, sometimes we have great experiences or we have bad experiences and we go hide. And it's like, I don't want to deal with anybody right now. I just want to kind of like lick my wounds. But then you do this this evaluation and you look at things and then you, again, that's when you have to resolve that, you know, nothing gets wasted. What did I learn from this experience? And so don't waste, don't waste a perfectly good experience just because it didn't turn out well. What can I learn from this? And I, Oh, this is wonderful because what happens, I have um, a contract that I have my client sign. You know, we go over everything. Here's what's in my contract and my contract today is built the way it is because I dealt with some crazy clients who dictated that it's like, okay, I need to put this in my contract. So, the, you yeah. know, having to deal with these crazy Absolutely. people sometimes, you know, you then it's like, okay, this this is going to make my contract even more, you know, um, ironclad and that I don't run into this issue anymore. And so it, well, you really... Yeah, and that's such that's such great advice all the time. I know that's how I've um over the years that's how I've built websites is you just watch for you know, you just watch for what people are stumbling up on, you know, what's tripping mm-hmm. them up when they when they have to get customer service and then you fix that and then guess what? The next people don't trip anymore. It's just an amazing right. thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind yes. of a kind thing. <laughs> Both for all of us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I was thinking as you were talking, too, about a principle that I learned from Elijah um, myself years ago, too, whether you had a failure or a success. A lot of times when you're done with a big project, you have the same sense of being completely wasted. I mean, you just, 
yes. You know, I mean, he had a success, and he went and felt like he wanted to die. (laughs) You know, know, it was just because after the success, then she's like, let's kill him. You know, so, you know, right on the heels of the success, there there was a big threat. But what was interesting to me is what God did. When he, when he, God heard Elijah say, just kill me right now and get it over with, God did three things for Elijah. First of all, he said, you need some food. Second of all, he said, you need some water. And third of all, he said, you need some sleep. And yeah. honestly, you guys, when we get done with a big project, whether it went great or whether it went awful, yeah. those are three things to pay close attention to because a lot of times the emotional trauma we feel in those moments right after a big event is over, whether high or low, are yeah. because we've been sleep deprived, we've been running hard, maybe just grabbing food right. or not grabbing anything at all, and our bodies are just shot. Um, and God really gets that. And, and I love that God's fully aware about just even how the body functions, and he can say sometimes, you know, go take a nap. <laughs> go pick yeah. up on some. Yeah. Lisa, we have a couple minutes left here. So in the end here, sum it up. What do you do before you enter into any joint venture project? You want to make sure that the goal or the outcome is clearly stated. You want to make sure that you work with people that have kindred kind of like spirits, you can say, you know, that you can really are compatible and that you can work with, that you can see yourself working with. The beautiful thing is that you can always say no. You don't have to. You know, you can always, no is very powerful, and I think that we don't use that word enough. And it's like, no, that's not going to work for me. So you want to make sure that goals are written down, you want to make sure that, you know, who's who's doing what, assign projects, tasks, so then there's no confusion once you get knee deep into the project. Um, you want to make sure that um, there's a, a, a way out. You know, if this if for some reason so you get sick or your child becomes ill and you can't fulfill the uh, the, the, the tenets of the, of the project, then that you have an exit clause and that you have somebody else. It's like, if I can't do it, you know, go see this company over here. They should be able to. And, you know, they kind of know that they'll, they're the standby. And so those are some kind of the things. You really want to have very detailed conversation before you even start your collaboration, goals, strengths, expectations, um, who's getting the money at the end of the day and how is that divided. And, you know, you have, have all the tough conversations. Have all of them before you enter the collaboration and agree to do something for someone. Yeah, I love to just to throw in here to include the deadlines um, so that you understand. And remember that you've got people that they're going to work ahead because that's their nature. And you've got people who are going to wait until the last minute or unfortunately past the last minute. And so you just have to really give yourself some buffer space on your deadlines so that you don't have the kind of nightmares you have if you uh, leave everything to the last minute. Awesome. Well, this this has been so helpful, Lisa. I'm so grateful that you were able to be here today. Can you just tell us, like, if somebody goes over to thiswomanknows.com, what will they find over there? You'll find um, my blog. I blog over at thiswoman.com, and right now I'm doing a series on I Love Me, and I know for a lot of women that's difficult to even utter those words. I love mm-hmm. me and what that looks like. And it, it's based on the scripture where Jesus says you have to love your neighbor as yourself. And one of the blogs says, well, if you love your neighbor as yourself, then your neighbor is in real bad trouble. Yeah. I blog there. And then there's also, it's called The Core Store. That's where um, I've written several books. And so the books are there. There's even some other kind of merchandise. And then there's also information to bring me in as a speaker. So I've got videos up. Um, more information about me, there's some um, coaching programs, so all that's there. And then there's even a link if you want to work together as, you know, what marketing services, there's a link to my other site, themarketingstylist.com. So all that's there on the website. That's awesome. Well, once again, thank you, Lisa, for being here. Great stuff. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you guys for being here. I tell you what, every week when we're on the front page of Blog Talk Radio because of you, I, my heart is just full of so much gratitude, and I'm glad that it's working for you, that you're getting value out of these programs. I'm 
so excited that you're here to listen live. And then for those of you who listen to the archives afterwards, thank you for that. hope you enjoy them always. And you can always tune in over at Marnie.com or uh, at any of the syndicates around the web. Thanks for being here. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.